0: Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, August 9th. All right, let's get to some football. Let's bring in my guy, Steve Hellwagon. Steve, I want to start off talking about the safeties. We got a chance to talk to Perry Eliano and Sonny Styles yesterday and the rest of the safeties, Lathan Ransom, Jihad Carter, Cam Martinez. I love this group. let will start with Sonny. We were all saying, hey, just make sure Sonny's on the field. Sonny's going to be on the field. They're, they're being coy with exactly what they're going to do with him. Like I asked Perry, as you know, like, can you elaborate on exactly what his role is going to be? He goes, he'll be on the field. I like that, though. But then he said, somebody else asked him a follow up. He's like, we know exactly what we're going to do with him. He didn't say, we're just not telling you. Basically, it was like, we're not telling you. We know. I love it, Steve. I love what I'm hearing about what they're going to do with Sonny Styles.
1: Yeah, I agree, Dave. I think this is a guy that uh, between the spring. And uh, the fall has uh, come a long way, obviously. And and uh, I think that that's been borne out by the amount of attention that he got, you know, on that first day or second day, you know, the day that we got to watch and by a lot of people, uh, a lot of fans got to watch both, you know, the first day or the second day, or some people went to both. And a lot of people remarked about how much run he was getting. And I think that that just kind of bears out. I mean, he told us a uh, 6'4", He was 216, I think, or thereabouts when he got to OSU, maybe 218. And now he's like 229 or 228, something like that in that range. So he's put on 10 pounds of good muscle and hasn't really impacted his athletic ability. And this is a guy that uh, is going to be pressed into production this year. So we're going to see on-the-job training for him. Uh, You know, he's going right into the rotation, it seems, as a starter whether it's at the nickel uh, position or at one of the high safety positions. But uh, I don't have any doubt that he's going to be fine. Uh, I mean, there may be some hiccups here or there, but, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I think he's got uh, just the, so much ability and and really, um, you know, this is his time. This is his time. I mean, he should be a true freshman this year, and he had the benefit of coming in last year, which would have been a senior year in high school he, Uh, escalated that timeline by a year so he's had that developmental year he's been in the program for a full year and now we'll see uh, what he is really capable of this coming season I I couldn't be any more excited about it and uh, we're going to get to go out to practice on Friday and get a little bit of a better idea of exactly what this looks like uh, when it's put in motion and Steve, I know you've been following Sonny for a long time. You
0: know one of the things that that you know really stands out about him that I that I didn't really know that much. I mean, if you didn't know anything about him and you just watched him as a football player, you'd be like he's special. He's wow, look at this. Like freak, as Perry El- Eliano called him, unicorn, whatever you want to use. How mature is this young man? How humble is he? Like he's driven. Like I encourage everybody to watch the video that you posted to YouTube and to our website like Steve, we all know he's like an elite athlete, beyond elite maybe. He's also like a fantastic young man. I don't think people know that enough.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, Dave. Uh, and I was around him a, a little bit with football and uh, also quite a bit with basketball. Uh, he played on the All-Ohio Red uh, team up till his junior year. And, of course, uh, his yeah. junior year, he and Devin Royal uh, won the state championship In uh, basketball in Ohio. So, uh, this is a kid who has winning in his resume. It's all he's ever done. I got picked central to the Final Four once or twice, or at least uh, his sophomore year. You know, they played a game on national TV his sophomore year uh, with his brother, who was uh, two years ahead of him, Lorenzo, and he just looked like if you didn't know anybody, you'd say, Oh, he's one of the seniors out there. No, he's a sophomore. He was out there running around, kind of like the Nick Bosa tape. You know, when you saw him his first year as a varsity player, you're like, Oh, he's one of the seniors out there running around. No, he's just a sophomore. He's out there, you know, making a place. So I think that's kind of the same principle that's involved here, uh, talking about uh, Sonny Styles. And, uh, you know, the sky's the limit on what he's going to be able to do. And it doesn't sound like they're holding him back at all. So uh, the rest of them are going to have to make room for Sonny. And I think that's a good thing.
0: <clears throat> Let's get into the other starting safeties right now. I mean, they said they're moving guys around, but it sounds like it's Lathan Ransom's locked in. He's the leader of that group. Sonny's the most talented, but Lathan's the leader. He's locked in as a starter. Sonny's locked in as a starter. And it sounds like Jihad Carter... Is also locked in as a starter. I'm here for it. If you get on the Syracuse message boards when, like, when he, when Carter transferred, when he put his name, they were like, no, like, <laughs> the game, you know, when the fan base freaks out, like, no, we can't lose this guy. Like, um, and I love that. And I asked what's funny, Steve. I don't know. I didn't know this. Um, I asked him, like, was it a close call when you decided to transfer from Syracuse between Ohio State and some other schools? Kind of get into that. Was it like, when Ohio State offered you? Was it like Ohio State no brainer? He goes, There were three schools that I was interested in, really interested in. I'm glad I'm here. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say who the other two were. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Um, Get into all that. Jihad Carter being here, Latham Ransom as the other starting safety to go along with Sonny Styles.
1: Yeah, once again, a class kid, by the way, he handled that question. He didn't come out and disparage anybody. Uh, They asked him what's the difference between Ohio State and Syracuse, and he said at Syracuse we had a pretty good culture, but culture is the difference. And that'll tell you right there, when he leaves Syracuse and said that they had a good culture within the Syracuse program, it's been a six, seven win type program here in recent years. And he comes to Ohio state and he said, you can't take a day off. Uh, You have to bring it every day. The line that he used, I put it in the headline, the rent is due every day. And what that means is (laughs) you got to pay the landlord every day to stay in the apartment, bud. And uh, (laughs) that's just the facts of the matter. At Ohio State, you have to bring it every day. It's competition. He said the best in the country are on the other side that we're going up against. And uh, if you don't bring your best every day, you're going to get embarrassed. You're going to get humiliated. And that's what it's supposed to be when you're playing for the best of the best. I'm going to tell you, Dave, I was at the hotel check-in on Sunday I never seen guys walking through there looking like what they were looking like. I mean, I've been there a lot of years watching them come in and get ready to go to the hotel and go to camp. There are, you know, we throw the word freaks around quite a bit. A lot of freaks on this team, guys. I, (laughs) they've recruited pretty well. We can, we can poo poo this and Oh, they didn't get that guy or they didn't get this guy. They got some dudes, they got some dudes. and, And I think, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this team come together. And, and Carter's just another one, in my opinion. I think uh, I wrote the story that goes with the, his video, 28 starts at Syracuse, well over 100 and some tackles in three years there. Uh, was a good interceptor at uh, Syracuse as well. Um, so he's a guy that that's going to get his hands on some footballs, so and I think that's a good thing as well.
0: They're saying, like, the demise of Mickey Marathi has been grossly overrated. You know, I think so. About, like, guys not being – Sonny Styles was talking about that yesterday. Like, they were like – because he was saying, like, I'm, like, 12 pounds heavier than I was last year, and I feel quicker. I'm definitely stronger, heavier. And I, he's like, if anything, I'm faster and quicker. And people were like, are you surprised by that? He goes – Sonny was like, not at all. It's like what Mick does and his staff, if you just listen to what they do, what they want you to do, you're going to get to where you want to be. So I've heard a lot of rumblings about Mick. Maybe the game has passed him by a little bit, or maybe he's behind the times is maybe a better way to put it. But, like, man, you got, like, Sonny Styles and all these guys, like, vouching for him. I'll go with that.
1: No doubt. And I heard a lot of the same things. I, I think I did hear that comment. Maybe it was Sunny or somebody made that exact comment that, uh, you know, if you just listen to, to Coach Maradi and follow what he tells you to do, he and his staff, that they will get you where you need to be. And uh, it's a process. I mean, they have the winter program from mid-January up until the start of spring football. Then you have spring football for, you know, six weeks there. And then you have uh, the spring program from about the first part of May up until a week or two ago. They really put these guys uh, to their paces. And uh, this is when they are getting them performance ready, ready to go out every Saturday, week in and week out, stay healthy and play the best football they could possibly play. And, and uh, so, again, this team is primed and ready to go, in my opinion.
0: A few more things. I want to get your just your general like, observations. We're like five days through – five practices, not five days – Five practices through camp, sixth practice later today. Going to meet with Gene Smith, going to meet with Ryan Day later today after practice. Gene Smith before practice, Ryan Day after practice, sixth practice later today. Steve, what is your like biggest – we talked about the safeties. Other than the safeties, what's been your some of your biggest observations from practice thus far?
1: I think I said this after the first – One that I attended was I was just impressed with how many guys missed the spring, but looked like they hadn't missed a beat. And not only that, they were like leaders out there on the first day, including like Evan Pryor, uh, Tommy Eichenberg, Steele Chambers, Xavier Johnson. These were all people who were making plays. Julian Fleming to a point as well. So I think that's one. I think two, this freshman class is very special Uh, Carnell Tate, Brandon Ennis, Jelani Thurman, uh, you know, Malik Hartford over on defense. Uh, a guy that got a lot of pub this summer was Calvin Simpson Hunt, cornerback from Texas. He was a late enrollee, but uh, everybody liked what he showed them during the uh, during the summer months. So, uh, to me, I think it was those two things really stood out that there's a lot of true freshmen who are, are playing above maybe their their grade level right now, and it's kind of hard to project that they're going to get to play a lot just because it's such a deep team, but you know that the depth is there. Uh, for them to be able to run two 11-on-11 11 11 fields at the same time, that's something that I haven't seen at Ohio State in a very long time. I don't even remember the last time that uh, we saw something like that uh, with two, you know, first-rate 11-on-11 11 11 fields. And they really – the day we were there, they jumbled it up on us and it looked like they sent half the starters on offense to one field, half the starters on offense to another field. You know, it was a mismatch of ones and twos going against each other on both fields. And to me, that just, that just brings up the competition level because – everybody's fighting for a job, and you really aren't sure, am I a one or am I a two? You know, what am I? No, you're a football player. Go make plays, and we'll we'll let you know where you end up. I mean, obviously, there are some guys like Donovan Jackson and, uh, you know, J.T. Tui Maloau and a few others, Tommy Eichenberg, Steel Chambers, who all know that they're ones, but uh, a lot of the guys are in that in-between area, you know, where they're fighting for, for playing time. And uh, to me, that was the best of the best, I thought, going against each other on both fields. So it doesn't get any better than that, man. If you can get 44 guys, 88 guys in this case, uh, experience in the same time that you used to get 44 guys experience, that, that says a lot right there.
0: All right. So what are your thoughts on Oregon and Washington Joining the Big Ten next year along with UCLA and USC. We'll get to maybe what's next after that. Just I'm gonna get your initial thoughts on Oregon and Washington joining.
1: You know, I guess that's good for the partners on the West Coast to have more teams that they can play out there without having to travel to the central and eastern time zones. Um, that those are the only ones from the Pac 12 that I would be extremely interested in. Um I guess when you think about it, uh, they're going to take less money through this contract that that runs the next six years, I guess, through 2030. Uh, They're going to take less per year than everybody else in the Big Ten is going to get, but it's still more than what they were going to get had they stayed in the Pac-12 apparently. So, um, you know, I'm not really excited about where this whole thing is headed. Um, I mean, they're going to continue to play football every Saturday in the fall, and it's going to be wonderful, I guess. But, you know, what the end game is here just remains a little bit murky. And, and as you said, we're going to talk to Gene Smith uh, today to get a little bit more of an idea exactly what's going on in college football in the Big Ten. I don't foresee any more expansion for the Big Ten because – uh, once you take on more schools, you have to cut that pie into more pieces. And, um, you know, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan are the ones that are putting the show on that, uh, you know, that, you know do, the, do they need to take less money to add somebody else? I don't know. So to me, I don't foresee, I mean, unless it's a Notre Dame that can pay its own way, so to speak, that uh, you would have value added situation, um, then, you, you know, then perhaps you'd see that. But uh, this, the whole sport is uh, in a very turbulent time right now. And, uh, you know, the turbulence isn't slowing down. It doesn't seem anytime soon. So um, we'll see if the SEC is going to add some more schools or if the ACC is going to react, what the Big 12 might do. I mean, they've absorbed some of the Pac-12 already, so, uh, a lot of moving parts out there. Maybe the Mountain West and the Pac-12, what's left of it, the last four schools will consolidate. But, you know, geez, uh, maybe the American takes a whack at those four schools that, that are left from the Pac-12. But it's just it's just not, not what any of us signed up for, at least not what I signed up for. I, I you know, I guess – I guess people thought the the rivalries with the schools here in the Midwest were just passe and, you know, whatever. So, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. We're going into a new era with the college football playoff, the 12-team playoff next year. And if this helps the Big Ten get four teams a year in the playoff, then, you know, so be it, I guess.
0: I'll get you out of here on this. I agree with you. I hope it just stays at 18. I'm not convinced it will. Let's take Notre Dame off the table. If they did expand to 20, who would be the two teams that are the most likely in Steve Hellwagen's book? Would it be a North Carolina and Virginia? Would it be a Florida State and Clemson? If they had to expand to 20, if they're going to, Notre Dame's off the table, who would be the two most likely teams, you think?
1: Uh, I think Clemson probably be one, and then either Florida State or North Carolina, it would depend. Uh, you know, you'd really have to do a deep dive and see which one really does bring more to the table. It's not a basketball decision in any way, shape, or form. So, you know, you can take North Carolina basketball and kind of flush it because, you know, the value of North Carolina basketball is probably one third the value of Rutgers football. So, you know, when you look at it in those terms, it it really you know, or, or Maryland football or whatever. So um, I don't know. It just, to me, um, I I just, again, as I said, it's gotta be something or somebody that brings more to the table. Um, You know, I think there, Chip Kelly had a really good suggestion here a week or two ago that why don't we just go to, or it was Rick Pitino as well, kind of made the same point, let football do its own thing with these mega conferences And then go back to just playing regionally for all the other sports because that's really, you know, for those schools, it makes no sense to send a baseball team from Champaign, Illinois, out to Eugene, Oregon for a weekend series of four that's going to draw 7,000 people, you know, for four games. There's nobody paying money. Those sports lose money. They're going to lose a hell of a lot more money flying coast to coast going forward. and It's nonsense. So – uh, I don't know, maybe they'll come up with a common sense approach for the Olympic sports. That's that, that would make me a, a somewhat happier, I guess uh, not that anybody on our site seems to pay a whole hell of a lot of attention to the Olympic sports, but you know, that is what it is.
0: Great stuff as always out of Steve Hellwagon. As we said, Gene Smith early this morning, then Ryan day after practice, keep it locked to Bucknuts for all of that. Great stuff out of Steve. Thank you very much. Thank you to all of you and Happy birthday, Megan. My oldest daughter is turning 16 today. Happy sweet 16th, Megan. Happy birthday. Thanks again to Steve. Thanks to all of you. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day.